All right, I want to invite y'all to be seated. Thank y'all for being here this morning and for being a part of worship at Rockbridge. We have some very exciting news with the new pastor and with the uh, selling of the property. I will also say as a, a personal point of privilege that uh, Eric is a good friend of mine, and I'm very excited that he's coming uh, to Rockbridge, and I think he's going to be a great pastor uh, for this community. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I also wanted to just take a minute and say thank you to some people, uh, Pastor Aaron for preaching, uh, Ashley and Barbara. Yeah, I mean, you know, having such a small staff right now and just really standing the gap and holding things together for us. So thank you all very much. And all of our volunteers who have continued to volunteer and hold things together. It's just, it's really awesome. And it kind of fits into what I'm talking about as we talk about the body of Christ, is that when there's a need, people step up and, and do what is need to be done. So I thank you all very much and appreciate all of you. Um, but yes, today we are continuing our series on discipleship. Uh, also, I want to apologize. You can probably hear it. Uh, I'm having a little allergies, a little drainage, and so I'm a little, uh, you know, my voice is, so it'll be more of a whisper. I did think about, you know, we might have just sort of like 15 minutes of silence and reflection, um, but no. Um, so anyways, uh, we're continuing our, our sermon series on discipleship, and I'm talking today about the importance of community, about how we together help one another grow. And it's interesting because it's not just in discipleship, but if you talk about any ways that you want to grow, having people come alongside you and help you is one of the best ways to help you grow. So it makes sense that also uh, when we talk about growing in our faith, we need those, the body of Christ to come together and help us to mature to who we want to be. So early on in our marriage, Michelle and I uh, would, would do some projects together, and uh, one was painting a room, and that didn't go so well. And uh, another one was canoeing, that also didn't go so well. Uh, and what I came to realize was that when we struggled doing things is when I tried to lead in areas that I shouldn't try to lead in. <laughs> so I, obviously, I'm, I'm a leader, I'm a pastor, and so it's really natural for me to step into those roles, but that doesn't mean I should lead in everything. I am not an expert in everything, including canoeing and painting walls. And so there's times that I need to step back and let other people lead. And that is what the body of Christ is all about, is that we all help one another come, find our gifts, find our callings, and grow to a place that we can do that. Another thing that we enjoy doing in a family is going down to Lake Austin and kayaking um, as a family, or we actually canoe, we put all our family in a canoe and we'll go down the river. And oftentimes the UT rowing team, should I say the national championship UT rowing team, <laughs> is out on the lake and there's just such a difference in watching us in our little canoe <laughs> trying to paddle and the UT rowing team. And it's just like all smooth action. You know, everybody has a place, everyone has a purpose, and it looks like they're just gliding through the water. And that's what we want to be as a church. We want to be where everyone is doing their particular role and, and so that we just sort of glide through the water of life together. And to do that, we need to grow to full maturity. In the life of faith, we often talk about salvation, and salvation is incredibly important, right? We want people to have a relationship with God. There is no greater moment in life than when a person says yes to God and their life changes. However, too often in the church, we have so focused on that moment of salvation that we forget that there's a whole lot of things before it and there's a whole lot of things after it. So we believe that God is constantly working in us even before we say Yes to God. I, I call this the exploring stage of faith. When God is working in our life 
And we may not even know who God is, but God is already working and working small miracles. And if you think about to your personal life of faith, whether you came to follow Christ as a child or as an adult, you know that there were people, there were people praying for you, there were people in your life that were speaking messages over you until you eventually came to say yes to God in that great moment of salvation. The thing is, too, we cannot allow ourselves to stop when we say yes to Jesus. There's a whole life of faith and growth after that. We want to get to a point where, so that's kind of like the transforming phase, right? Where we say yes to God and it's all really exciting and new. And in the American church, we have not done a good job of making disciples from that point. We're like, oh, you're good. You know Jesus. Let's go on to the next person. When the reality is, it's just important to take those next steps of faith as it is to take the first one. We want to get to the point where we're maturing in our faith, where maybe we're reading our Bible a little bit more, we're getting a little more generous, we're getting a little more kind, we're getting more Christ-like. And we eventually want to get to the point in our life until our life is centered on Christ, where Christ is the most important thing. Exactly what you're praying about. We all struggle with that, right? There, there's there's no, no shame in admitting it. It's hard. We want to focus on the things we want to focus on. <laughs> I want to care about the things I want to care about, not the things that God cares about. And I have to admit, if I'm like that as a pastor who spends a lot of his day reading scripture and praying, not because I am any better than anybody else, but literally it's my job, <laughs> then I know you struggle with that too, of centering your life around Christ. And so this is what I'm getting at this morning. It requires all of us together to be the body of Christ and help one another grow. And that's what our scripture is about today, is how do we encourage one another as a body of Christ to become the people that God wants us to be and that I think we want to be in ourselves. And so our scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11. This is what it says. And yeah, I did change it. I had a last minute change this morning. If you saw the, the advertisement, I was like, Ashley, see, this is why our staff are so great. I can be like, Ashley, I need to change the scripture and it's Sunday morning. <laughs> but the spirit moves as the spirit moves. That's what it says. If I can find it. <clears throat> he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, these are the fivefold callings of the church. So you have spiritual gifts, right? Which is the ways you've been gifted, just like you might personally have things that you're gifted or talented in. And then you have callings. What is God calling you to do or to be? And in general, there are, it's a, there's an umbrella of five callings, apostle, prophet, shepherd, evangelist, and teacher. And the problem is a lot of times in the American church or in church in general, we want our pastor to be all five of those things. We want him to be apostle. We want him to be a great leader. We want him to be a prophet. And we want him to be able to speak the word and speak the truth. We want him to be the best shepherd and take care of us when we're sick. We want him to be great teachers. And of course, we want him to be evangelists and connect with new people. But the reality is, unless they're a superstar, and there's not too many of those, they don't have all five of those callings. At best, they have two or three. And so it's important that we as the church mature in our relationship with God, because you guys have to fill in. All of us are also called, just like the pastor is called. And so you are called into one of those five areas so that you can grow to your fullness and maturity. And it's just the job of the pastor and the staff to kind of kick you out the door and get you to live into that calling in ministry. Not everybody is called to vocational ministry, but everybody is called. And that's why we don't see the church working the way that it should is because we expect our staff and our pastor to do the work and us to show up on Sunday. Really, it's the opposite. Our staff and our pastors inspire us to go out and be the church, the body of Christ. 
And he goes on to say, his purpose, Jesus' purpose, was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach unity and faith and knowledge of God's Son. God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of fullness in Christ. So his purpose was to teach God's people the work of serving and building up the church. So the reason that we grow to maturity, the reason that we grow and figure out what our calling is, is so that we can serve and build the church up. We need one another to be built up. So we can be fully mature. And it is when we are fully mature, that's when we can have that level of unity that Aaron was preaching about. Yeah, prayer is a huge part of that. We pray for that unity, but we also need maturity. Just like when we're young, it's really easy to get in fights about things that maybe aren't that important. And as you get older, you look back and like, man, why was I focused on that thing? It wasn't that big a deal. And what Jesus or what Paul tells us that we're called to do when it, when it comes to unity and, when we, and why it requires maturity is it's not supposed to think about what we want, but to adopt the mindset of Jesus Christ, which he goes on to say the mindset of Jesus Christ was to serve you and to die on the cross. So how do we find unity? We got to have that same mindset, the servant mindset. We got to get to a point of maturity that we can have a servant mindset that we put others before ourselves. And it's not just about what we want, but what does Christ want? What does Christ want for me? What does Christ want for the church? And what does Christ want for the world? We have to adopt the mindset of Jesus Christ. And this, is, this next line is really important, verse 14. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching with deceitful scheming and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. This is maybe one of the most important scriptures in the Bible because we have to grow to a point where we're not infants because today, this is the reality of our world because there are people who are gifted at being deceitful. There are people who can package a lie in such a way to make it seem like the truth. If we don't teach the world, if we don't teach our children, if we don't teach one another how to spot and identify lies, we are going to be set adrift like infants. And we have to grow to maturity. We have to get to a point in life where we can figure out what is true and what is good and what is holy and what is right. And yet again, to get back to my main point, we need one another to do this. We can't just do this isolated all by ourselves. We need to come together in community. We need to come together in Christ. We need to pray. We need to read scriptures together so that we can discern truth. So this is why we need to get to maturity, because the world will lead you astray. There are people, there are people who call themselves Christians. I'm sick and tired of seeing things in the news about these powerful Christian leaders who are doing awful things. There are people who call themselves pastors and leaders who will deceive you, not let alone, let alone just the reg regular people out there, right? Because the easiest way to get us to follow someone is to deceive us. And so we need to grow to maturity. This is why all of this is so important. And to do that, we need one another. And he goes on to say, instead, by speaking the truth with love, one of my favorite verses in scripture, although I say that every week, Let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head. The body grows from him and is enjoined and held together by all supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with each other as each one does its part. 
When I first read that verse of scripture, I think it must be a teenager, and I was like, wow, this is incredible truth. We need the truth in love. So we need the truth in life. I just told you about the importance of truth because we are easily swayed as humans. And we need the truth that comes from Christ. You cannot be a follower of Christ if you don't have truth, right? However, there are people who use truth like a sledgehammer, right? And they will come to you and they will browbeat you. And they may be right, but their methods are wrong, okay? So we need truth. It's vital. You cannot follow Christ without truth. But we also need love. And when we're sharing truth with people, we need to do it in a loving way. Because the most important thing, when you need to share truth with someone, and if you've ever had a friend who's going down a difficult path, or people who are making mistakes, or people who are making bad choices, if you just try to tell them they're wrong, it's not going to go very well, right? We've all had those conversations, those situations where, because let's be honest, I don't like being told what to do. You don't like being told what to do. But if you know that person has showed up when you were sick, has prayed for you when you were struggling, has brought food over to your house, has hung out with you in the good times, then maybe you're willing to listen to them because you know that they care mostly about you. Most importantly, they care about you, right? And so you're willing to hear the truth. And truth is very important as we grow one another because we need people to hold us accountable, people who are on our side, who will call us out when we go down, when we're, they'll call our stuff out, you know, and help us to continue to grow. And then it gets to the last part when that Christ is the head. That, again, getting back to that thought, that it is Christ who leads us. Not me, not Pastor Aaron, not Pastor Eric, but Christ who leads us. And so we need to reach maturity together as the body of Christ so that we can have Christ as our head. Because if not, you know who we'll put in charge? Ourselves. And we know where that leads. Okay, so a few things that I want to just sort of highlight about this scripture for us this morning. So scripture is clear, we need one another. And guys, I know I've said this so many times to y'all over the years, but this is not an individual faith. This is not a one-on-one with God faith. I'm, you can have a faith with God that's just you in your prayer closet. That's not what it's designed to be. Now, those important things, you should have a one-on-one relationship with God. It should be strong. It should be full of prayer. But even prayer is not a solo enterprise. Prayer is something we do together. If you want to be a Christian, you have to be in community with one another or you're stunting your growth. This is a communal faith. Because when we're not communal, we get lonely. And I just read a statistic this week when preparing for this, that if you are lonely, it's like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. If you are lonely, it is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's how bad it is for your health. Now, that shows the importance of what we do when we reach out in community to other people. There are people who are lonely. There are people who need you to invite them over to come hang out at your house, to go to dinner after church, to hang out and be in relationship and be community. And that's what the church is for. And if you're feeling lonely, I just encourage you just to keep showing up. Show up, show up uninvited, come over to my house. I don't care. Maybe give me a little bit of note and we put a little more food on. But yeah, lonely is tough. So we need community. We need that for one another. And we need to be, we need to be here for one another in community. Uh, <clears throat> in community, we grow. We've talked about this, that it is through our relationship. And I'm going to get more into that in a moment. 
but it is through community that we grow. And if you look at your life, I think you'll realize the places that you grew the most in faith and in other areas are when you had people around you supporting you and guiding you. And then it is in community that we are one. It is in community that we are one. We have a mission. The mission of our church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The mission of every Christian, as Jim said, is to love God and love neighbor. I love that it is so clear and so obvious. You know, Christianity can be a very confusing religion to understand. Three gods in one, fully human, fully divine, all these things that are very difficult. And I think it encourages us to grow because we struggle and we wrestle with it. But one thing that is simple and easy is that our mission in the world is obvious. Love God, love others. Literally, you can take any ethic or any choice and you put it up against that and live it to the best of your ability. And that will, that can only be done when we are in community with one another. Let's go a little bit back to this idea that to grow, you need people, right? Um, I keep looking at Blake because he and I have talked a lot about this. Uh, There's a great book called Atomic Habits, and it talks about making small changes over time, like 1% changes over time. But it's hard to make those changes, right? It's hard to make those decisions. And so I, I think back to the times when I've had a workout partner or I've had a running partner and I'm trying to exercise and how much easier that goes than trying to do it on my own. You know, the, the cardinal sin of lifting weights is kind of just going through the motions because <laughs> you don't really improve anything. You don't change anything. But if you've got a partner in there who's telling you, okay, put a little extra weight on there, do one more rep, then you're going to grow. And the same reality is true in our faith. The same reality is true in our faith. The cardinal sin of Christianity is going through the motions. It is. I'll call myself a Christian, but I didn't really change anything about my life. Cardinal sin of Christianity is going through the motions. And so you need those people in your life that you have given permission to hold you accountable, to challenge you, to challenge you to read your scripture and spend time with God every day, not out of a have to, but out of a get to, to challenge you to serve in the church, to challenge you to serve beyond the walls of the church, to challenge you to put your faith on the line and reach out to people and invite people to church. So we need people. We need those who will give us the truth and be honest with us. Because I know I make mistakes. So I need people in my life that when I start straying off the path, they're like, David, that's not who you are called to be. That's not who you say you want to be. We need people who will give me love. You know, when I'm going through a difficult time, when my father passed away a a few years ago, I needed you. And you were there for me. And you showed up for me. And we need that for one another. And we know people, we need people who will show us Christ. Because however, why, well, for whatever the reason, one of the primary ways that God has chosen to work in the world is through you. And sometimes I need you to show me what Christ looks like when I'm struggling. Because I can't see it for myself. So we need community to give us truth. We need community to give us love. And we need community to give us Christ. And we're the best versions of ourselves in community. Otherwise, we're like those infants that are tossed to and fro by every whim and everything that comes along and everyone that has a deceitful mind. So let us continue to grow and live out the church. I saw a great example of this fairly recently of the church being the church. It wasn't even the church. 
It was uh, on like the Thursday of the storm when things start to clear up a little bit in a lot of these neighborhoods. My neighborhood wasn't bad because we, it's a new neighborhood, so we didn't have any trees fall down. But we went over to my, uh, Michelle's parents, and they, they just had like, I mean, it was like, whew, all these beautiful trees had just lost these limbs. And I had to run home real quick. I get back there, and my father-in-law, Scott, is over at the neighbors and helping out. And so I go over there, and we help them out, and then we go help the neighbor down the street, and then we go to my in-law's house, we take care of theirs, and we go to the neighbor down the street, and we helped like four or five people in the same day. And, and I was just thinking, I was doing, I was like, this is the church. This is the body of Christ. This is what we are called to do. This is what happens when we reach maturity in love with one another. But let's not wait until there's a storm to do it. I mean, it's obvious then. But you know, I bet that some of your neighbors are lonely. I bet some of your neighbors are being invited to church. I bet some of your neighbors need a friend. Don't wait until there's a tree branch in their yard. Go and be the church. And may we be a community of the body of Christ to encourage us to reach that maturity where we are centered on Christ so that we are willing to live out our mission in the world around us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.